0: Welcome back to another episode of the We Live to Build podcast. Our guest today is Gresham Harkless Jr., the CEO and founder of Blue 16 Media, which helps entrepreneurs and business owners to increase their visibility and generate more opportunities using the web, and the CEO and founder of CB Nation, which helps businesses utilize their resources to increase their visibility and be successful. He also runs the CEO Chats and I Am CEO Podcasts, CB Nation TV, Rescue a CEO, Teach a CEO, Hearpreneur, DMVCO, and many more. In total, his network is comprised of over 20,000 entrepreneurs from around the world. I first met Gresham by responding to a Help request he had submitted asking entrepreneurs to be on his podcast. My episode with him aired earlier this year, and we'll share a link to it in the show notes found at WeLiveToBuild.com. It's rare in today's world that you meet people like Gresham who make you feel like he's totally present, attentive, and an open book, willing to share of himself without thinking about what he can get back in return. And that's why I asked him to come on and share some of his favorite CEO hacks. So today we honor his passion for helping CEOs grow their identities and expanding their reach. Let's give Gresham a warm welcome. Welcome to We Live to Build. My name is Sean Weisbrot, and I'm an entrepreneur, investor, and advisor based in Asia for over 12 years. Join us every week to fast track your personal growth so you can meet the ever increasing demands of the company or companies you are passionately building. Time waits for no one. So let's get started now.
1: Thanks so much for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah. What do
0: you think of the intro?
1: I, I loved it. I it got all warm and fuzzy inside. So I appreciate the, the, all the things that you, you, know, you said so much. And, and you've been a great guest on my show. So I appreciate you for coming on and providing so much value as well. Let's go into this quickly. When did you become interested in entrepreneurship? I uh, was the kid that you know sold potato chips on the playground. Um, I had a family newspaper when I was 10. So my dad went TDY. So he went to a completely different country. Um, And as a way to connect with him, you know, pre Skype, zoom, all these kind of technological things that we have at our advantage to be like face to face with somebody. We used to just talk on the phone once a week, Uh, we would get emails through AOL, um, the the whole dial up, and then we would send them care packages. So him not being able to know what was going on in in our family for that year or so that he was away. Um, In the military, I basically created this family newspaper, so I got all the news that was going on in our family, and then I basically just put it into a, a Word document, got some fancy clip art, printed it out. And then would send it over to him every single month. And then I would sell the subscriptions to my family members and and those that were close to our family. And that was like those things that I went back to when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. That was like, okay, well, you seem to have some entrepreneurial tendencies, even though you probably don't even know what the word entrepreneur is at that time. Um, So fast forward a lot of years trying to figure all of that out. I started to really interview entrepreneurs and business owners because I read a little bit about it. I was like, "Hey, this sounds like something I would be interested in. It sounds like something that I'm, you know, is in alignment with who I am." And then next thing you know, I started out with the blogs and everything. I and mean, at the basis, it was just like, "Hey, um, you have a business. Um, I would love to learn from you. Could you tell me some of the things you?" wanted to do when you started the business, maybe things you feel like you would have did better. And it just kind of evolved from there. So I would say that I kind of found that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but it found me before I even knew exactly what it was. I've heard
0: a lot of people talk about the first thing they did was they would sell food at school or they would, you know, like you said, creating this uh, newspaper. I never had anything like that. I mean, I took Ritalin as a kid. And I always used to tuck it under, like the couch, you know, in, in between the couch cushions, because I really didn't want to take it. If I was a born entrepreneur, I probably would have been like selling the riddle into the other kids, <laughs> right? <laughs> Five dollars a pop, ten dollars a pop. But I, I didn't think like that, honestly. I never had that mindset. It's interesting how I find myself immersed in entrepreneurship, and I, I love it, and I, I love listening to people's stories and figuring out how I can help them, and. And what I can learn from them as well, like you. But a lot of people I talk to have a similar story and I, I just don't have it. I don't know why.
1: Yeah, but you're still doing phenomenal things. It's it's so funny that, uh, you know, that's the beauty of of the story as you kind of touched on when you have that opportunity to hear how somebody got started. And I think, you know, from learning through the podcast that nobody's story is always the same. And that's what makes, you know, being human and being an individual so so magical and awesome.
0: I talked about this with uh, another guest before, so I won't go too deep into it now. But my first real interest in business was when I moved to China and I started watching how Chinese people did business and how i thought they were doing it strangely i thought oh but if you just did it like this then maybe you would make more money so i started learning by by predicting how you could do things better and i didn't know how to sell i didn't have a desire to be a business owner i i had to f- start my first business and go broke doing it only to find a mentor who taught me how to you know make money and understand my value and that's when i started to be successful when when he helped me to understand how to sell. So yeah, my, my journey has been probably very different from the average entrepreneur, I would say.
1: Yeah, I think people call that the accidental entrepreneur.
0: <laughs> you Right. So who was your inspiration for getting started and how was it that it inspired you? And I don't mean the the newspaper stuff. I mean, kind of more with Blue 16 Media.
1: I think I came from a family of people that always had like be this side thing that you did. I think Me seeing my mom start her embroidery business was huge because I remember, I think for Christmas, I got her like a business plan book and things like that. And I actually leafed through it more than maybe, she probably even did. My granddad, he sold a lot of different things and it was just always in our blood, so to speak. Um, But I don't know that anybody was really like going all in and trying to do it full time. So what you said kind of resonated with me because it was like seeing something and saying, how do I potentially do that full time and have a legit business? So what made you be interested in in having a media company? It went back to the family newspaper. It was one of those stories that I felt was unique enough to where it might speak to who I was as an individual. And it just started out with writing and, and being interested. I always say I, I'm a journalist at heart and, and love to ask questions and hear people's stories. So it was just finding a lane that kind of resonated with me. And mine's ended up being entrepreneurship and business. Um, but not to say that I'm not you know interested in other things, but I think that was the thing that just spoke to me at that time that I was trying to figure that out. And a lot of it was just discovery and understanding that this is what entrepreneurship means, but how really do you run a business? And really asking those questions of people that were running businesses um, were really what kind of led me into that and building the media company. And then because of journalism kind of, I don't want to say crashing and burning, but kind of evolving and changing tremendously. Um, It was just one of those times where I I really looked at an industry that had really been, you know, really, um, Badly affected. How can I potentially create like some type of model or some type of change that can help out people in that industry, but also help people get the news that they want?
0: We used to be able to look at the news and see positivity. You know, oh, someone saved, a, you know, this person's cat, like local news. And now all of it is people overdosing from OxyContin or kids being shot in schools. I think it's important that we find things that we can be positive about. So I think what you're doing by working with entrepreneurs and helping them
1: is a very important and positive thing. In this day and age, we all have the opportunity to have our own media companies and that's good. in some aspects sometimes it's bad because everybody has kind of their own microphone, has their own uh, notepad and, and their own video camera, so to speak, to be able to say whatever message they're, they're hoping to say. And that's, you know, really great at sometimes, really not so great at other times. So um, I just try to hopefully use, you know, the the powers that I have, so to speak, to hopefully bring out some good in, in the
0: world. Everyone knows that starting companies isn't
1: easy. So I'm curious
0: to know, what was the hardest thing about starting Blue 16?
1: A lot of times with running a business, there's so many different things that go wrong. There's so many things you don't know. You don't know that you don't know. Um, You feel like you're the only one that doesn't know. But in reality, you know, we're all kind of figuring it out, you know, and taking steps along the way. And I think that loneliness, while sometimes it allows you to be able to just chart your own path and and choose your own lane and go with it. At times when you're unsure of yourself, unsure of what you're doing and and how exactly um, the decisions that you make um, will impact certain things, you're just confused and you don't know set that environment that allows you to succeed is is probably one of the, the biggest challenges overall. And I think that you have to be very aware of who you're surrounding yourself with. When I was first looking to go to China, my family was never like,
0: oh, you're going to fail. My brother was the most vocal about it. But my, the rest of my family was like, oh, do you have to go? Like, why can't you stay? America's, you know, such a great country. And but I, I needed to do my thing. As far as the loneliness, I definitely understand. I've been working remotely for 7 years and you know, not having a support network, not having the people around you that understand you. You know, sometimes you can't really talk to your employees the way you might want to talk to someone like yourself. So like, while I have a very open relationship with my employees and they know, I give them a weekly report of what I've accomplished so they know what's going on outside of their own realm in the business. But even then, sometimes you can't really say everything you want to say. Um, and so it's hard to find people like that. And because entrepreneurs are so busy, it's hard to find entrepreneurs that have the time to be your support network which makes it even worse because the only people you find yourself wanting to know are other entrepreneurs because they're the only people who understand you. So entrepreneurship is a blessing and a curse on multiple levels. You have two podcasts. I've just started my first. It's hard. I'm doing it alone. Why the hell did you want to do
1: two? So the the first podcast that I had, it still is kind of going. It's not as regular as the daily podcast I have. Um, the CEO Chat Podcast was a podcast I literally just started because I was interviewing entrepreneurs and business owners for the blog I would listen to the recordings and then I would write up a blog post and then send them the blog post and then just have the recordings for myself. And I was listening to some of the recordings. I was like, Hey, this is like pretty valuable information. So that's really how that podcast started. Fast forward about two or three years, I had it up to being a weekly podcast, but one of the things that we kind of touched on in the very beginning um, that I love you did so well is that you get that opportunity to really build connections and relationships through podcasting and it can blossom into other things and other opportunities. So I had the goal, Of creating a daily podcast. And I knew that the way that the CEO chat podcast was set up was not equipped to be daily. I really went back and I figured out what are the best questions? What are the most impactful questions? What questions can I ask consistently that the guests know what's to come? I know what's to come, but at the same time, it lends itself to be like kind of conversational. So that's the only reason I started it because I always try to hold my why at the at the front, which is hopefully to, to create content and information to help people's lives better.
0: I don't know how you do it. Like I said, I I do this all on my own right now. I wish I had help. I've I found some software that helps to automate some of it, but it's not easy. That's for sure. That's why I'm so
1: appreciative to be here. That the time and energy and the the being present is so big and any opportunity to get to have somebody's time because I know obviously we're recording now, but there's a lot more you'll do after the fact and that's why I'm appreciative of everything that you're doing.
0: Do you have people you're working with or you do it all on your own?
1: Yeah, so I have an editor um, and then I have someone that helps out in editing just the video part, the audio part, and then actually creating the blog post. So I'm really just uh, doing some of the outreach right now, and even that, I'm hoping to to kind of delegate that out. One of my internships I had, my my boss said, "Don't let the perfect get in the way of the possible," and I tell myself that all of the time because it's definitely an art, and I appreciate my editor and the team so much because. Um, I know that that wasn't in my zone of genius. And I know that the quicker that I unloaded that would allow me to kind of be present in you know, interviews and get an opportunity to really, you know, pro- hopefully provide value a lot more.
0: So at what point did you realize that you needed to delegate all of your things?
1: Because you have like 10 blogs and two podcasts. <laughs> yes, I tried to delegate from day one, honestly. I understood that I wanted to start a business and I know that I didn't want to do all of the things. Um, but I tried to take on jobs or opportunities that I knew that I could do and hopefully start delegating them out and using things like Upwork to be able to find people that are still on my team, you know, as of eight years ago. The reason that I try to do that is I didn't read the book at the time, but there's a book called The E-Myth, and it talks a lot about how people are really great at what they do and they decide to start a business and they realize that running a business is about so much more than the work that they're doing. And so they get overwhelmed and they don't realize like there's different aspects of business. So what I really try to do is understand that often we are the bottleneck to our business as leaders. What can I do to kind of take myself out of it? And it's still kind of a tension that I have, is especially when things don't go as well as I want them to go, or you know, somebody messes up on something with a client, you know, you want to jump in and just do it and just like I'll just take care of it. But I know that is one of the worst things that you can do because you really want to kind of teach and empower the person. Granted if it's the right person, sometimes that happens where it's not the right person, but assuming it's the right person you want to coach them up and get them going and give them the information so that they don't do it the next time or they at least are going to you know communicate so that things go well. I try to understand every
0: position. Like what is the expectation that I should have of this person if I were to hire them and then learn as much as I can about the the skills that they need, the software they may be using, things like that. And then when I'm ready to hire someone, I'll have a standard hiring process ready. Like what is a hard skills test I can give them to make sure that they actually know what they're talking about and they're not lying to me, you know, that I know they can actually do the things that I know they're supposed to be doing. And then a personality test and interview and, you know, these kinds of things. I need to know That I can trust this person. And the only way I know that I trust them is if I've done it. I don't have to be good at it. But if they're better than me,
1: I'll know instantly. Well, I should say too that a lot. I have done it before I hired somebody. So it wasn't like I was completely, you know, unaware. So I think you bring up a phenomenal point. I usually have different levels to where a person is. So often when they first get started, they'll work on something that's internal that won't be anywhere close to the client facing. And it usually takes some time before they get to client facing work. Again, because it's technical, it's not like we're building a house or anything. A lot of times if things aren't going the way that I want them to go, I can see that before it you know, becomes live. And unlike putting the nail in the wrong place, like if you were building a house, that could be a lot more costly and destructive to a business and, and the people people that are, would be living there. So let's get into your hacks. So tell me about your
0: first hack that you love so much. We talked about it last time your 365 gratitude journal.
1: Funny enough, I've had it for about a year now. Um, with It's called a 365 journal. And it's a way for me to end the day. It allows you to really get a different prompt on a different topic. Uh, usually it's around gratitude, it's around things to be appreciative of. Basically, somebody writes a prompt, you have an opportunity to respond to that prompt. Um, like how or in what ways do you see that people are coming together, not being, you know, torn apart, you know, in the world. So you, I would, you know, basically respond to that. And then at the end, every single day, um, you have three things that you are appreciative of for that day. And the reason that I, I love it is because so many times I found myself always wanting to go to the next thing. I'm just, I guess, structured that way where I, I, I enjoy accomplishments. I like them, but I can't say that I really celebrate the, the wins as much as I should. Um, so a lot of times that forces me to really say these are three things I'm appreciative of and even if I haven't had a major win sometimes it's a little small things like my dog or my girlfriend or my parents or people like that that sometimes you forget about you forget about you know being able to lay in bed you forget about having running water just all of these things you become a lot more appreciative of those things because you map it out every single day and I'm forced every day to think about three things that I'm appreciative of even if it's a a really terrible day
0: sometimes if I'm having a really crappy day, or if I feel extremely stressed, I'll like put everything down and I'll just start thinking out loud to myself, like, go, oh, you know, I, I love my mom. I love my dad. I love my dog. Like they're amazing. They're this or that. And I'll just, I'll just do that. And it makes me feel good pretty fast. Um, thinking about, you know, who's in my life and, and why they're there and, and what they've done for me. I guess that app is a more concentrated and more consistent version than what I do for sure. Let's talk about your second hack,
1: the Insight Timer. I was like, I I really want to get into meditation. Didn't really have a kind of a framework of how to do that. I actually started out with an app called Headspace first. That has a really good way that you can learn about meditation, which was really big for me because I was really kind of teaching myself and just kind of learning from there. And I think the thing that I take most from that app was being able to kind of look at your thoughts like balloons. And it's not that you aren't being present, it's that when you're trying to be really present on something and then something else pops into your mind, you really take, take it like a balloon and you let it go. So you are more aware when you're not being present than you are of the different things that are happening. And the reason that that stuck with me so much is because with the chaos that it is running a business and the different things that happen, there's so much beyond your control that it's so important to kind of approach it just like that balloon. So inside timer is really to get more aware of being present to again, kind of drive home the gratitude, like, sometimes it has different props and i'll usually go through all the different aspects of getting focused on your day of visualizing how exactly you want to see your day what things do i need to focus on how can i be present to this moment um, i can hear the air conditioning above my head um really being present to all of the things that are around you because so many times you just skip over things and i'm notorious for like wanting to start my day so i'll just jump into my day but it was really that that allows me to really get focused to to kind of calm down so that Not only does it help me out in the beginning of the day and get my day started out right, but I think that as we talked about when those chaotic times happen at 12 o'clock or one o'clock in the day, you can really take a step back and be more at peace because you've been practicing that um, for those times that happen like that.
0: Yeah, I think it's really important for everyone to meditate. It's been an extremely important experience for me in understanding who I am. And when you mentioned the uh, Headspace app teaching you about using balloons, I was never taught like that. What I was taught was your thoughts are there. They're going to be there no matter what you say or do. You can curse your thoughts. You can ignore your thoughts. They're going to be there. And when you meditate, your thoughts are going to pop up into your conscious mind. And you have two choices. You can allow them to control your emotions or you can learn to accept them. Through meditation, you can kind of step outside of yourself with the goal of observing those thoughts And when you become an observer to your thoughts, they have no control over your emotions. And therefore, by observing them, you can come to understand them. And through understanding, you can come to accept them. And once you accept them, they become your friend. Through being your friend, they don't bother you anymore. When I start meditation every day, those thoughts are there. But then within 30 seconds to a minute, I get deeper into meditation to a point where the thoughts are gone. There's literally nothing, it's just me in silence for 30 minutes and it's beautiful. Getting to that point where you literally go so deep that you hear nothing and you feel nothing and you're just kind of in darkness with yourself in a positive way is such an amazing experience because it's just quiet. And we're so used to noise that this period of quiet is just so peaceful and amazing. It's like 30 minutes of meditation is like sleeping for several hours for me.
1: I don't know if you've ever experienced anything like that, have you? in my experience and kind of, I think in alignment with what you just said, there's so many things that are pulling from you and kind of getting you closer to the, you know, this is a gas tank analogy, but getting closer to E that a lot of times you don't have enough to continue on. So when we go to sleep, we're re-energizing ourselves. But I think when we're able to kind of just be, you know, quiet and have peace and not have things pulling from you, it also allows that opportunity to be able to do that. And I think that uh, it's, it's so powerful. Again, I'm not, you know, 16 years in, but I think it's something that I've seen such a valuable, thing because my default was to get up and to start doing something every single morning.
0: You can do two things. One, check out the inside timer and two, go to welivetobuild.com slash meditate and you can sign up for my free email series about how to get started with meditating. Even better. <laughs> so let's talk about the third hack, I am
1: coloring. Yes, absolutely. So one of the things I wanted to do was by having you know the daily podcast is get an opportunity to really do something creative to, to be able to connect with the people that been on the show and I created kind of like this um, coloring book essentially and a lot of times we forget uh, that coloring uh, as a child was something that we did for fun and enjoyment and I think that one of the things especially creatives can do is always get into their 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 um, their inner child so to speak and do those things to take themselves away from the hustle and bustle which is I think consistently with all these hacks that we kind of focused on Um, so created a I am coloring book and uh, basically has like different brands but it has an opportunity for people to basically color um, each of the different pages and each of the pages has a brand and kind of a message related to what exactly um, the the message might be so um, like the the, um, the the blue 16 media one says you know visibility uh, equal success the name of the game is being found Um, the, the CB nation one has visibility plus resources equals success. So it's just kind of giving you a short message, but gives you the opportunity to really color. And there's a lot of, um, and I'm no, you know, doctor or anything like that, but there's a lot of studies that show by coloring, it allows you that opportunity to reduce your stress, reduce frustration, allow you to focus more. A lot of the things that we talked about with these other hacks. Um, so it's so interesting that as, Leaders, especially in business, sometimes we have a lot of problems that we're dealing with and things that we're trying to figure out what the correct solution is. And often we feel like a lot of times it's just drilling down, working harder. But a lot of the great ideas come about while you're walking your dog, um, while you're potentially in the shower, or why hopefully you can be coloring as well, too, because it takes you away from what you're doing on a regular basis to be able to kind of exercise the creativity to think about. The things that you're doing right there, rather than think about all the the problems that are going on and trying to create solutions, and a lot of time by stepping away, it allows you to come back even stronger and better. I can definitely
0: understand psychologically why coloring can help, and I also find that when I'm going on a walk in the park, or if I'm getting a massage or something, then I definitely we'll come back to something I had been thinking about, or if I just like stop working and go play a video game for 20 minutes, I definitely find it's easier to think of these problems because when you're thinking of the problem, you feel stressed because you want to solve it. But when you stop thinking about the problem and you do something else, then the problem gets solved because you're not thinking about it anymore.
1: Exactly. It's crazy. How can people find the coloring book? So it's available at imcoloring.com. That's a pretty good URL. Yes it is. I <laughs> lucky I got it. Yeah, for sure. Did you have to buy it from someone or it was just available? Surprisingly it
0: was available. So cool. What have you learned recently and how do you plan to implement
1: it? I feel like I'm the culmination of all the people that have been guests on the podcast. I'm always really trying to figure out, you know, different hacks and and different ways that people are being successful. And I'm going through um, a really cool book called Blue Ocean Strategy. I don't know if you've heard about it. It's a phenomenal book in that, especially during times like this, where a lot of our services and businesses can be commoditized. How do you figure out how to, as I usually like to say, not run somebody else's race, but run your own race so that you're not competing with anybody? How uh, do I take the different kind of pieces that I have and continue to kind of innovate and not be like a a cookie cutter of something else that already exists? But I think that's something that's, you know, we're always kind of working through. I think that book is and has been helping me out as far as like doing those exercises to get clarity on that and to figure out how best to execute and to kind of pivot during a, a very transformational time.
0: Elon Musk does a pretty damn good job of creating blue ocean businesses that are inspirational for humanity. So what is the most important piece of advice you can share with everyone listening?
1: On my mirror last year, I have a theme every year. It was uh, make sure to keep your oxygen mask on. And I think so many times, especially people that be of service to so many people, we forget about ourselves so much. So if there's one thing, you know, continue to do, continue to experiment, continue to create, but don't forget to put your oxygen mask on. Don't forget to keep your cup full because all of those things allow you to serve even better. And I think along the lines of the hacks and things that we talked about, it's all about how to fill up your cup as much as possible because the more you can give, the bigger your cup is, the more more impact you can make. And and I think that's what we're all hopefully trying to do. So how can
0: everyone find you online?
1: Yes, I appreciate you John. And my uh, website that has links to everything is I am Gresh and that's com, but it has links to cbnation.co blue16media.com just everything that I'm working on the, uh, the I am coloring uh, coloring book as well too you can find all the links there.
0: All right great so I'll, I'll actually just put uh, links to I am Gresh, the gratitude journal inside timer and I am coloring through your business directory and all that so everyone can find it. And yeah, thanks for your time. It's been a fun conversation. It's been awesome, Sean. I appreciate you for letting me be a part of this. Always looking forward to the next time. And remember, entrepreneurship is a marathon, not a sprint. So take care of yourself every day.